Hi, and welcome to What We've Got Right and What We've Got Wrong. This is a new quarterly discussion where the VP team will be talking about what we've got right and what we've got wrong in our research. So during this call, we'll cover all of the major asset classes as well as discussing anything that we may want to highlight to clients that's come up over the last three months. So Tian, uh, we'll start there. How would you summarize this quarter and what would you want to highlight? Um, well, I, I guess from the service point of view, um, we've obviously updated our publication schedule and the way we uh, present. I think on, on the whole feedback's been very good from clients that you know they can get the main message and the user experience is a bit better. Yeah. And um, I think our somatic content is uh, being very good and we're getting off to um, a strong start. Um, you know, the goal is to really produce a lot more thematic reports. I think, you know, with, with the understanding country lead indicators, with the VP cookbook and the industrial concentration portfolio, um, you know, I think those are really good pieces that should, you know, stand up for, for quite a while. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that, that's probably main it from the service side. Um, Content-wise, obviously we got some things right, some things wrong, but again, I think the goal here is that you know, we should be able to provide value and nuance by discussing them and, you know, reviewing what we've, you know, the, the thought processes, thought processes behind things and, sure. um, and yeah, ultimately, you know, like something you like to say a lot, right? It's about showing our working and, and not just whether you got something right or wrong. So, you know, I think that that's what we're trying to achieve here. Absolutely. All right. Um, so why don't we um, uh, get into it and why don't we start with equities as an asset class? Yeah, so I think mostly I think we've done um, quite well on equities. Um, obviously, we talked about generally shifting to more of a neutral mm -hmm. uh, back in April that we're into phase two of the bull market. So mm -hmm. phase one is when the easy money is made. Things just go up because valuations go up. Mm -hmm. In phase two, the recovery is being discounted. Earnings growth merely justifies previous valuation um, increases. And it's just a much choppier environment. Um, so, so I think broadly, that's how the markets reacted. We've obviously um, stuck with energy, and that's that's actually still done pretty well this quarter. Um, so yeah, I, I would say generally, I think that that has gone well. Things that are still playing out is you know our SPAC thesis, both long and short, I think has has played out quite well and is ongoing. Yeah. Our China tech, you know, very selectively picking winners, trying to pick winners on the Chinese tech dip, that's still ongoing, but I think that's gone pretty well. Um, you know, the main thing that hasn't worked. Um, has been our uh, India short, mm -hmm. um, but again, you know, we try and be data driven in our process, and all our models and processes still point to India as uh, a contrarian short. You know, it's loved by investors. Obviously, hasn't been able to sell off on the COVID stuff, but that wasn't a core part of the thesis. And on a lot of our liquidation measures, we still see people actually selling India. So I think for now, anyway, we're going to still be um, sticking to that. Okay, excellent. Um, so we can move on to fixed income. Yeah, so the fixed income, I guess the big one that jumps out that obviously we've got a lot of client interest in and that has gone wrong so far is um, the yield curve cap trade. Yeah. So obviously, uh, you know, we recommended uh, putting a 530s cap. Yeah. Now, I, I do think there was a lot of nuance to that trade in terms of, you know, we wanted to cap the downside. We we're aware that positioning had gone a bit um, extreme. Um, and obviously what happened after the Fed was that, you know, that part of the curve, you know, flattened like, like crazy, where it was like multi-standard deviation move, showing you how people were positioned the wrong way around. Mm. Um, but again, on our indicators, we, you know, we see growth, we see inflation, our fair value model suggests that, you know, 10 year yields and, and beyond the, 
very mispriced. And, yeah. and ultimately our view is that the Fed is more bark than bite when it comes to hikes. Um, you know, over the past 10 years, they've demonstrated an asymmetric policy response function. If the market prices cuts, they will follow through. Mm-hmm. But if the market prices hikes, they're, they're perfectly content to sit back, let the market tighten financial conditions for them. Mm-hmm. And, and then they don't actually follow through that much. So, you know, uh, the, we still think that the market is assigning too low a risk to the fact that the Fed stays dovish even with inflation going up and they just okay. keep saying it's transitory. So yeah. um, in, in my mind, the cap trade is even better trade now and even better level to put Again, the risk reward profile is very different. The key is that the, the convexity adjusted forwards are so low that your other money strike for these caps are so low that it makes a lot of sense. Um, so that would be the, obviously the, the major thing that's happened over the quarter. I do think we have a lot of smaller wins within, um, within fixed income, you know, coming to the year, we talked about the TGA, right? We wrote all about that and then the last year about the potential impact of the TGA drawdown. Um, you know, our t- long Turkish bond trade, again, a demonstration of kind of the, the, the data-driven framework coming from country leading cases. Yeah. And, you know, I think, so there has been things that have gone well, but obviously the major thing has been the Fed, where in our view, the market reaction is a lot more a reflection of just extreme pricing going into it. Um, but obviously trade structuring matters and obviously taking outright delta risk there would obviously be being, um, quite, quite disastrous. Yeah. yeah, okay, great. And uh, I think that's a nice segue into currencies. Um, yeah, so again, I think broadly speaking, I'm pretty happy with how uh, we've gone on, on the currency front. Um, you, know, you know, the dollar smile idea has gone, you know, has served us pretty well. We've, we've actually been coming into the year in our themes. We talked about um, you know, how extreme sentiment position was on the dollar that we actually just had more of a neutral view. We've had dollar neutral for most of the year, mm. sideways, and it has largely traded sideways. Mm. And actually now I think we're getting more towards a point where potentially we see more of a dollar squeeze in the second half. Um, yeah, and obviously we had on some specific currency trades that I think we've managed okay, right? The ruble, you know, playing the post kind of sanction a contrarian kind of rally in the ruble. I think that, that that's mm-hmm. worked out well. We did a deep dive into dollar yen, looking at the flow. So we, you know, we, we did kind of turn around and actually highlight that for clients as well. So even though that trade, you know, would have lost money because we tried to go along the yen, I think we learned and, and reacted quickly to, to the price action and, and did a deep dive on the flow. So yeah, overall, I think, you know, pretty happy. Um, I will throw kind of gold in there as well, where we've mm-hmm. tried to ride the wave up in gold and obviously managed to get out before the crash. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just trying to marry the kind of longer term structural indicators we have against some of the more cyclical things. So yeah, I think currency front, I think broadly we've done okay, but it's not being obviously that much action there. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see if this dollar smile framework works in the second half, where as the US economy outperforms, whether that keeps sucking money into the US and we really do get a genuine kind of contrarian dollar rally, but the, the good kind of dollar rally, right? The right-hand side of the smile rather than the, the left-hand side and the flight to safety kind of dollar rally. Sure. Okay. Um, so finally, if we could look at commodities as an asset class, uh, how um, do we do? Yeah. Well, I, I, obviously, you know, our commodity super cycle thesis was carried over from last year. Yeah. The, the big report went on in October. Mm-hmm. The, the first kind of stuff we were writing about in May of 2020, mm-hmm. that's obviously gone pretty well. Um, the question is, where do we go from here? Yeah. And 
we appreciate how how extreme the price action has been and how quickly it's kind of the first phase has played out. Mm. But again, on the most indicators we track, the structural thesis has actually gotten stronger, not weaker. Mm. Um, so there's been a lot of supply constraint in the main sectors we identify, so copper, oil and gas, and, um, and coal specifically, those are really uh, constrained. There's been minimal kind of producer response there. So this idea of a super cycle really needs a multi-year period where supply and demand mismatches persist. Mm -hmm. I think that the, the potential is still there. But obviously we know cyclically China's, China's starting to you know, tighten both fiscal monetary policy. Well, they have been tightening for quite a while. Um, so, you know, in terms of second derivative impulse, all these things are clearly rolling over. So, you know, we're, we're probably nearing the end of the, this first wave of the commodity rally. Um, obviously, we're going to write more about it. We've been writing more about it in recent portfolio watches. But, um, yeah. yeah, I would say that that's worked out well. There's still room to go, but this is not a time to be adding risk. But, you know, if there is some kind of, you know, meaningful dip because, you know, people worry about China releasing from the reserves or people worried about, um, just you know, inflations or, or hype or anything like that, we'd be obviously aggressively buying the dip on the commodity and commodity-related things. Um, yeah, so that, that's probably where I would leave that for now. Okay, great. So I think that, um, that covers everything. Um, do you have any kind of final thoughts or anything that you think would summarize the quarter as a whole? Mm, yeah, so I think it, it might be helpful to, again, emphasize the way we try and operate is to follow our lead indicators, mm. let the data do the talking, and then look for divergences to try and structure trades, right? Or look for divergences to find investment opportunities, mm. whether that's in equities and single stock, or obviously in fixed income derivatives. And I guess the most controversial thing, obviously something we've been getting a ton of questions about, basically throughout, well, throughout this year really, is obviously around inflation um, and whether it's transitory and, and these are things where, again, if we follow the data and what we look at, inflation expectations are pretty high. Most of our leading indicators still point, haven't really rolled over yet. And there's a lot of um, concerns we have around how a lot of these transitory factors are just persisting, right? Even say like in China where you get a COVID outbreak and, the, and then they shut down like, you know, Guangdong and then the ports and then you're gonna get more supply disruption and so forth. So, um, I, I do think inflation is one area where fixed income markets are extremely relaxed mm. about it. Um, now, obviously, ultimately, the market is more right than wrong, but this is where the, 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 it just seems the probability of the pricing is completely off, where the market has just suddenly gone, where, where you get this much curve steepening, it's just like, okay, no worries, it's almost end of the business cycle feel, that we, because the probabilities are so wrong, like you know, looking for these options, expressions right obviously we have swap chains on we have the the, the, the yoko caps on i just think those are it's a really good time to put that on because that's the most kind of divergent um area right of where we see you know a, a big divergence between market prices and our leading the cases right if we look at equities and, and commodities and and other bits like credit whatever like it's it's not that big a divergence because we know that broadly the roadmap is has been reflation mm. right we're like a year and a bit into the new economic cycle we know we're into phase two there's not that much divergence there whereas fixed income is just looking increasingly mispriced okay excellent well uh, thank you very much Tian. i think we'll end it there and um if anybody has uh, any questions or feedback then please do email us at sales at variantperception.com. We always do welcome that. And um, we hope that you found 
uh, value add from this new format. Thank you.